Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another podcast of Ordinary People and Extraordinary Lives. My name is Lance Bain. Great to have you with me again. Another week of our podcast designed to help us experience the grace of God while living, leading, and overcoming all of those challenges we face in life, we face in leadership. This is this is episode 187. Amazing. Can't believe we're getting close to 200. So privileged to have you with me again this week. If you're a regular listener, welcome back. Glad to have you with me. And uh, if you're a new listener, grateful. Grateful that you were with us. Would love for you to let me know how you found out about us. You can learn more about me at LanceBain.com, L-A-N-C-E-B-A-N-E.com. You can communicate with me through the website. You can stream the podcast. Lots of other resources there. You can also would love for you to share it and and leave a review and leave a rating wherever it is you may be listening. It certainly does help us a lot, and I really, really appreciate it. Today, I want to lean into a topic called, the uh, name of our podcast today is The Holy Call of Leadership. The Holy Call of Leadership. I want to take today to emphasize the responsibility of our leadership call. And if you're an avid listener of the podcast, you know that I'm a person of faith. I lead in a Christian context, been a follower of Jesus now for almost 33 years. He's changed my life. I love following him and giving him my life. He's the one who called me to be a leader. He's given me whatever gifts I may have of leadership. And so I'm going to take today's um, underlying story from a story in the Bible in the New Testament, and I want to extract out of that story several points of application for us as leaders to underscore the holy call of leadership, to underscore the holy call of leadership. So we're going to jump in on this. Lots to cover today. Let's do it together. There's a verse I think about often in Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, Paul is writing this letter to the church at Rome. The 12th chapter is about three-fourths of the way through the book. I believe there's 16 chapters in Romans. Now, Paul didn't write in chapters. He just wrote one long letter, but we divided it up into chapters and verses so it would be easier to reference. In Romans chapter 12 and in verse number 8, Paul begins to identify these gifts that God has given, and he begins to talk about it in verse 6. If God has given you a different gift for doing certain things well, it's His grace. And so if God has given you the ability to to prophesy or to speak words of encouragement, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. And here it is. If God has given you the leadership ability Take the responsibility seriously. If God has given you the gift of leadership, take the gift, take the responsibility seriously. If you're listening to this podcast, I assume there's some form of influence that you have. This podcast is uniquely designed or our specific focus is the area of leadership. And if you have a gift of leadership, if you have influence, with another person, your spouse, your children, a friend, siblings, parents, godchildren, co-workers, a team, an organization, a ministry, whatever it may be. My emphasis to you today 
is to pause and, and reflect and consider on the serious responsibility of leadership. As I mentioned in our previous podcast, everybody's fighting a battle that we don't know about. Everybody's a broad statement, but I would say a lot of people, maybe more than we realize, are fighting battles, dealing with issues, walking through struggles that are very private and very hidden, and we just don't know about them. I remember working with people in in my own life and in my own leadership context that they would share these struggles, and I'd be like, what? Really, that's going on? I mean, I'm so sorry that's happening, but on the outside, man, you'd think they got everything together, but they're really fighting a battle. This, is, this, this underlines and, and reinforces the holy call of leadership because leadership is about serving others. It's about loving people and adding value to their lives. And leadership is not about what we gain from it, and we do gain something from leading. But we don't lead to gain. We lead to serve. We lead to give. And so I just want to echo what Paul says in Romans 12.8, if you've been given the gift of leadership, take the responsibility seriously. Now I want to turn to another story, this time in Luke chapter 10. This is a story that Jesus is going to tell. It's quite a famous story, actually. We, we call it the story of the Good Samaritan. Now, Let me just give you a quick backdrop, and then I'm going to run quickly through these points of application for the holy call of leadership. A Samaritan is someone in in Jesus' time who is half Jew and half Gentile. And the Jews had a real hatred for Samaritans, and Samaritans had a real hatred for Jews. It was a racial war. It was an ethnic war. I wouldn't say war. They were at war with each other. But they clearly hated each other and despised each other. And generally, Samaritans were viewed as a lesser class human being than Jews. And Samaria, as a region, sat between the north and the south. And so it was very difficult to go straight from the north to the south. You'd have to go through Samaria. What Jews would often do is they would cross the river, the Jordan River, which was on the east side of Samaria and these biblical lands. They would cross the Jordan, come all the way down outside of Samaria, and then cross the Jordan River again going west and back into the area of Jewish territory. Samaritans were hated. And here's Jesus using a Samaritan as the real central point of a story he's going to tell. Now, you may be asking, why does Jesus want to tell this story? Well, Jesus wants to tell a story because an expert in the religious law stood up to test Jesus, asking him a question. What do I have to do to inherit eternal life? Moses, I mean, Jesus flipped it around and asked him, well, you tell me, what does the law say? The man gives an answer, and Jesus says, that's right, do that, and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions. So interesting. The man, even though he was right, felt the need to justify his actions. So he asked Jesus, well, then who is my neighbor? If I'm called to love my neighbor as myself, then who is my neighbor? Constantly trying to entrap Jesus. This is the first application that I want to make from this story. Leaders face tests. (laughs) Leaders face tests. Often these tests come from people who think they know how to lead better than you do. Smarter than us, more talented than us, more influence than us, more energy than us, more drive than us, more you fill in the blank than us. And they're going to test it. 
They want to entrap. They want to justify themselves. It's really the breeding ground of insecurity, the breeding ground of performance, the breeding ground of an orphan way of thinking and leading. And friends, I want to encourage you today in the holy call of leadership, understand, acknowledge, admit, you are going to face tests, tests of many kind, tests that originate with people, tests that originate in relationships, tests that originate from circumstances, tests that originate in our times of failure, and tests that originate in our times of success. We are going to be tested. But don't experience the test as a challenge of your character or that someone is challenging your reputation. Jesus didn't do that, and I don't want us to do that. Actually, I want you to reframe a test as an opportunity to tell a story, as an opportunity to role model what healthy amazing leadership looks like. And that's what Jesus does. The man wants to justify his actions. Jesus is being tested and Jesus tells him a story. Friends, I want you to know as a leader, the holy call of leadership, you have a story to tell. You know, most of the time I communicate I communicate weekly on Sundays. I lead a local church, and I counted up last year. I spoke 35 out of 52 Sundays. The remaining 17 Sundays that I did not speak, I was at a a majority of those meetings. So even though I didn't speak, I was in the room. And so my leadership was present, even if it wasn't verbal from a platform. And that's a lot of Sundays to be present and to be connected to people. And what I've learned in 25 plus years of public communication, people generally remember how you made them feel more than they remember what you said. And here's Jesus going to tell a story, a story that is to communicate truths, but it's also a story that is to solicit emotions and feelings and challenge. So here's a guy testing Jesus's leadership, testing the nature and character of Jesus, and Jesus actually validated him and said, you're right, do that, you're going to live, good answer, way to go. But the guy wasn't satisfied with that, wants to justify his action, so he tries to trap Jesus in this question, and who is my neighbor? And here's Jesus, he replies with a story. I love it. You have a story to tell. When you're tested in leadership, remember, you have a story to tell your personal story, your cultural story, your organization story. You have a story to tell that will communicate and reinforce your values, your mission, your vision, your culture, authenticity, genuineness, humility, empowerment. You have a story to tell. Here's the story. Jesus identifies a Jewish man traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, And he was attacked by bandits, and they stripped him of his clothes, and they beat you-know-what out of him and left him half dead beside the road. But a religious leader comes along, sees the man lying there, crosses to the other side of the road, and passes him by. Another religious leader comes by, walks over, looks at him lying there, and then he passes on the other side. And then the Samaritan. The one that Jews would not, don't touch me, you're a Samaritan. I don't want your help, you're a Samaritan. Don't talk to me, you're a Samaritan. You are beneath me, you are below me. You have no dignity compared to me, you have no value compared to me. This becomes the one who's going to do something amazing. So Jesus tells the stories. Then a despised Samaritan came along. And when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. And going over to him, 
The Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine, and he bandaged them. And then he put the man on his own donkey, and he took him to an inn where he took care of him. And the next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, Take care of this man, and if his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. And Jesus looks at the religious leader who wanted to justify his actions, and he says, Now which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said, yes. Now go and do the same. Go and show mercy. Here's some points of application I just want you to consider. I'm not going to take long on these. I'm not going to really elaborate on them because I think they're pretty self-explanatory. But I just want to highlight them because they're from this story. The holy call of leadership. So we recognize that leaders face tests. Leaders clarify. Jesus told the story to clarify. This is what leaders do. This is the holy call of leadership in times of testing, in times of difficulty, in times of, of regression, in times when your numbers aren't being what they want, your sales aren't what they want, your organization's having difficulty. It's just things aren't working. Leaders clarify. You have a story to tell. Tell the story. Leaders, number three, leaders are among others. Notice that this man, that despite he came along, leaders are among other people. You're with people. Jesus was among people. He tells the story of a man that is among people. Leaders don't hide out in offices somewhere, distant from people, disconnected from people. We have to get away from celebrityism in leadership. Leaders are among the people. They're touchable. They're accessible. They're relatable. But they don't diminish their leadership responsibility, even though they are accessible, relatable, and teachable, humble. Leaders are among others. Are you among those that you're leading? Can they call you? Can they text you? Can they schedule a meeting with you? Are you visible? Are you seen? Are you walking around the office? Or do we just hide out? Number four, leaders see. The despised Samaritan, he saw what the other two gentlemen saw. They had a chance to lead. They had a chance to love their neighbor. They had a chance to show mercy. They had a chance to influence. But instead, they didn't want to do that. They passed by. The despised Samaritan came along, saw what everyone else saw, and he felt compassion for him. Leaders see. <laughs> Leaders have vision. Leaders' eyes are open. They see what's going on around them. They don't stick their head in the sand because it's difficult. They actually lift up their heads and they look and they see what's going on around them. Leaders see. It's important when we think about leaders who can see that you see things that need addressing, you see relationships, you see values, you see situations, but you also see things that are to be celebrated and to be applauded. You're to see things that need to be rewarded, things that need to be reproduced. You give opportunity. Leaders see. Number five, leaders feel that this despised Samaritan is among the people and he sees the man who is there, half beaten to death, but he not only sees him, but he feels compassion for him. The Samaritan who should not be feeling these things for others is feeling it. He's feeling it. Now, some leaders categorically are thinkers, and some leaders categorically, categorically are feelers. And to those of you that are listening who are feelers, you get this. Like, this is your world. You feel it all the time. And maybe it's to the thinkers that I'm trying to get you to recognize you need to feel something also. 
It may be cerebral, and you may immediately kick into how you can solve this problem. Or you may want to avoid it, disconnect, and distance because the feelings are too awkward, they're too intense. But leaders have to feel something. Are, are the people we lead want to know, do we feel compassion? Do we feel justice? Do we feel unfairness? Do we feel joy? Do we experience these things as a leader? Or otherwise, we might as well be an AI leader and let people just hop on chat GPT and type in how to solve their leadership problems and let some AI thing somewhere take care of it for them. Nah, that's not any good. You know that's not any good. I know that's not any good. Leaders feel. Some of you are going to do it naturally. Some of you need to awaken and open up to that. But leaders feel. This despised Samaritan, he's, he went over, he was among the people, he saw something, and he felt something. I think that's a dynamic for powerful leadership. Be among others. See it. Feel it. And then it also says, going over to him, the Samaritan soothed, <clears throat> soothed his wounds. He got close. Leaders get close. Leaders aren't going to step back away from the pain. It may be awkward and it may be hard and you may have to grit your teeth in it because it just may be so uncomfortable or painful. It, it, it may be confusing. It may be unfair. It may be unjust. But you're going to get close to it because that's what leaders do. People who want to have influence get close. I heard a wonderful definition earlier today listening to a podcast about celebrityism. And, and it says celebrityism is when you have social influence or social power without proximity. Wow. Social power without proximity. We need to have a proximity appropriate to your organization, but a proximity that leaders are going to get close to things. You're going to get involved. You're going to have conversations. You're going to do the hard work of listening. You're going to do the hard work of seeking understanding. You're going to be a humble leader, a compassionate leader, a wise leader, an assertive leader. You know, seeing and feeling and getting close and being among others. It's not passive. It's not weak. It, 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 it's none of those things. This is, this is the force and power of compassionate, wise, strong leadership. But it's tender. It's tender. And it wants to make a difference. And so the despised Samaritan, he gets close. Number seven, he helps. He gets the olive oil and the wine. And he bandages the guy up. He's probably gotten some blood on his hands, some blood on his clothes, maybe some blood on his shoes, and that is, makes him unclean in a Jewish law context. But he gets close and he helps. And he, numbers eight, he helps sacrificially. Leaders help. Leaders sacrifice. He began to pay his own money. He gave over two silver coins. Says to the guy, if this isn't enough, I'll pay you even more. I'll come back and I'll do it. But this guy has to get the care and attention he needs. Leaders help and leaders sacrifice because it's all about others. This is where people experience life and value and dignity and hope and breakthrough and their lives are getting better. Their relationships are getting better. Their mental health is getting better. Their thinking is getting better. Their decision making is getting better. Life is getting healthier because leaders face tests. They clarify. They're among people. They see, they feel, they get close. They help. They sacrifice. This is the story of the despised Samaritan. All of this story was in response to how do I get eternal life? And the, Jesus says, well, how do you do it? And he says, love God, all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus is like, yes, yes, that's it. And then the guy wants to know who's my neighbor. And Jesus tells a story 
of the despised Samaritan who led, not the religious leaders, those who should have known, should have led, they didn't lead. And Jesus tells the story, the one you would never think who can lead, led. He clarified. He was among others. He would see. He would feel. He would get close. He would help. And he would sacrifice. Service to others is love to God. Service to others is love to God. I hope you can pick up off of one of those points, the test, the clarify, among others, see, feel, get close, help, sacrifice. I hope one of those, something that really resonates with you that you can work on this week as a leader. So thank you so much for listening. I just love this story. I'm challenged by it. Thought I would pass the challenge along to you in episode 187 of our podcast. Ordinary people, extraordinary lives, the holy call of leadership. Hey friends, stay healthy, stay hopeful. And I'll talk to you again next time.